Juggling motherhood and modern day life can be stressful and relentless, but it doesn't need to be this way. The Joy of Being podcast is the answer to maternal mental health, bringing sustainable relief and calm to hardworking mums everywhere so that you, your family and work can thrive. My name is Marina Pearson and I'm your host, transformational coach and mum who loves to interview business owners, transformational professionals and creatives to have insightful conversations about what it takes to really live a life that is thriving, fulfilling and full of joy. So in the next coming weeks, I have decided to launch a coronavirus series in which I'll be bringing on amazing guests to talk about these uncertain times and how even in uncertainty, there can be an amazing opportunity for us to thrive. Now, that may sound weird, especially if you're seeing markets tumble, especially if you've got people around you that are suffering because of the the virus, uh, and maybe even if because you are scared of your business coming to a halt. Whatever it is, the fears that you have and the panic that you may be feeling, then this series is going to really help with that. I felt really compelled to bring this into uh, my awareness, but also into the awareness of you, the listener. So with that in mind, I'm super excited to be launching this series and for us to create a different conversation to the one that's being had in the media. Not to say that this isn't important, not to say that we're not entering into difficult times, but to say that there is and there are other ways of viewing it other than the panic and the fear that's being brought to the table. So if you are feeling that and you know, you're, you are being affected by the coronavirus through your business, through your finances, through your health, then these are going to be incredible conversations to be tuning into. And if you know of anybody in that situation, then please, please, please do share the episodes with them. Enjoy. And on today's show, I have the beautiful Dr. Kim Yobst. Dr. Kim is not only a award-winning physician and a consultant in integrative medicine dedicated to integration in science, healing, holistic healthcare. He's also a friend and a colleague and somebody that I worked with and was quite amazed by my own transformation. He's been invited by His Holiness the Dalai Lama to discuss global health and mental well-being for mankind in 1991 and 2013. And he was presented with a Lifetime Achievement Award for his services to integrative medicine by Nobel Laureate Archbishop Desmond Tutu. His mission is to establish and use the science of meaning to serve as a healer of people and nations. Dr. Jobs now co-directs his own private healthcare practice, Functional Shift Consulting in London. And this conversation took us to a place that was really quite incredible. We talked about how disease is health. We also talked about how this is amazing news because every symptom that we create in the body is an opportunity to listen, learn and grow from it. We also talked about how we all create diseases of meaning. And during this, I had a massive insight that takes the conversation in a beautiful direction where where we spoke about the implications of insight, where we spoke about the implications of understanding that when you have a disease, no matter what it may be, cancer, um, IBS, chronic fatigue, that there is beauty and magic in it. So if you are someone that knows of anybody that is going through this, or you are somebody that is struggling with some sort of chronic disease, then this is going to be an amazing episode for you to shift the thinking around it. Enjoy. So welcome, everybody. And on today's show, I have the wonderful Kim Yobst. I've known Kim for about 10 years. 
or more, I think. I, I can't remember now, but I think it's about 10. 10 years. 10 years. And Kim and I used to work together um, as colleagues in with Dr. John Martini's work. And uh, I then went to seek him <clears throat> because at the time I was quite ill. Ill, no, but yes, no energy. Um, and... Um, when we looked at my bloods and so forth, we realized that there was some stuff going on that we needed to address. So Kim and I have, <laughs> we've come into each other's lives. We've, we've always been in each other's life really since we met, but there have been moments where we haven't had any um, conversations. You know, we left it for about two years and I got back in contact with him um, last year. Then we reconnected again. So we keep on, it's like one of those relationships that you reconnect um, time after time after time, even though you haven't spoken to each other for ages. So it finally culminated in us coming together to do this podcast episode, because I have been asking him for about two years to do so, but here we are. So welcome, Kim. Thank you, Marina. It's lovely to be with you. So Kim, I've entitled this podcast episode um disease as health or illness as health and I, I i'd like to start there um when 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 you hear that what does that mean to you well what it means to me um is that disease is an inevitable part of life what we call disease is an inevitable part of life that is integral to us being alive and becoming and being able to be more of who we truly are. It is a challenging thing to say to people. It is a challenging idea to, to meet if one is in the throes of what we might call disease um, and we're looking for it to be taken away or eradicated, suppressed, whatever. It is a challenging thing to hear unless one has already been through a realization that what has been taking place, what has happened, has really helped one to, to be more of who one is, to understand better, to transition into a different iteration of oneself. So give us an example of what that means. So when you say more of who you are, for those that are listening to the podcast episode, they may not very well understand what that means so could you elaborate on that but also maybe give an example of what you mean a story if you will <clears throat> so if i think about just what immediately comes to mind is, is somebody who uh, i was initially initially came to to see me um and in our very first uh, interview with a with a, a a form of blood disorder um, that was pre-malignant, was quite serious, and which could certainly have led to her dying. And she was at the time in her 60s. And the question that arose when we first started to explore what was going on in me which is unusual for a first consultation, but was um, in the reflection that I made to her is you, you haven't decided whether you really want to stay. And that came as a slightly shocking question, but it was true. 
and it hadn't become conscious. And the reason, and that had been going on for a long time. And the reason for that was that there were certain apparently irreconcilable things going on in her life that hadn't been made conscious. In the context of that question, a decision was made. And that condition, along with other things that we did to support her physiology, um, disappeared. The same, you know, the same is true for whatever organ system may be being challenged, is that there is an inner dimension to it. And that, the thing that is really important is, that, is to recognize that that inner dimension is unique to each person. You know, you are be as familiar as I am, and many people probably listening, you know, with Louise Hayes' book, um, uh, You Can Heal Your Life, which actually, interestingly, is a book that was created out of work that, that Dr. Martini did. Um, but it's based on the idea that, that symptoms have meaning. And so it's like a kind of dictionary when people go to. But what has emerged through the last 35 years of my work is that, yes, it's true, there are meanings that you can, you can use as kind of umbrellas for things. But the real, the real fact, the, real, the fact is that the meaning of any condition is unique to that person. And it's because of that that I can say that disease is health. And disease is health came as a result of my having been asked to speak about a very huge and grandiose topic and not knowing what to say. And in my meditation, thinking about what I was going to say under those conditions, receiving, literally receiving the words, disease is a manifestation of health. So we have symptoms as feedback, Mm. whether that's physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. And the question then becomes feedback for what? And that's the journey. It's feedback for us from deep within ourselves to be more of who, who, of who we really are, as you know well. Because as that happens, as we start to clear away what, what's giving rise to that feedback or transform what it means, those symptoms dissolve and we get a chance to, to move up, to expand the sphere of influence. Um, so if I, just, if I may, it's just, it's just occurred to me when, when and I... I hope it's okay for me to do this. When you first, when we first came together, mm-hmm. it was your thyroid and your iron, your in your blood in particular, that were issues. And your thyroid is about your voice and how to use your voice. And look what you're doing now. <laughs> and your blood and your iron was about your metal. About being able to be on your metal, to use your metal, to be out there, to wield the sword of truth. What are you doing now? You know, you are speaking globally. Your voice is being heard globally about those things that will help empower, liberate, enlighten mums, women. But not only mums and women, but that's your particular love having become a mum and gone through all the stuff. So, and you look better than I've ever seen you. And I think you would probably say you feel better. So you don't need to deal with that stuff anymore. That's done. 
<laughs> yeah, it's done. We're over that one. We're moving on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. And um, I love that. I remember someone sharing with me years back that when wisdom has nowhere else to go, it has to manifest itself in the body. Oh, I like that. So, like, it's been, it's been tugging at you, a bit like a child, you know, that wants your attention. Um, yeah. But then it gets to the point where it, it can't scream at you anymore because you're not listening. So it has to actually go into the body for, for it to kind of go, hey, wake up. But then what happens, of course, is, is, you know, you get high blood pressure and what do you do? What do you do, Kim? It's not a trick question. What do you do? <laughs> not knock. It depends who you are. It depends who you are. If I've, got high, if I've got high blood pressure, as I have had a particular stage in my life, it was very, very stressful. Very stressful. And that was a perfectly valid reflection of an organism seeking to maintain its function in an environment that was deeply challenging internally and externally. And what it was saying to me was, was, from my, was my heart, my cardiovascular system saying, watch out, needing pressure also in order to be able to continue. So I wasn't afraid. Okay, I've got, I'm, right, what do I need? Well, you need some time out. You need some time to meditate. You need to be able to go for a walk. And I would watch that swing. Blood pressure is a very interesting example to choose because a one-off blood pressure, as far as I'm concerned, medically is meaningless. It changes. Blood pressure can, you know, changes by the second if you monitor it. But it was really saying to me, and I was very, very clear, no, I don't want any medication. I don't want to take any drugs. My body is giving me feedback. My, it wasn't just my body. My being is giving me feedback. Right. So what happens is, is and it's the same with all of this, isn't it, really? <clears throat> We're so used to just going, okay, my body is doing this. I now need to go to somebody to get a pill so that it stops it. So, it, so I can't hear it so that I don't actually listen to it, so that I don't have to be experiencing this. And so we do something to stop it. But yeah, that is actually the opposite of what it's asking us to do. What it's asking for. Absolutely right. Because the other thing that happens in that, in that context, Marina, if we take blood pressure, is that we are surrounded by information on billboards and TV advertising and radio advertising, in magazine articles. We are surrounded by information that says if you have high blood pressure, your risk of dying is greater. So you better go and normalize it. Well, yes, if you don't do anything about it, there is an increased risk. And yes, which is what is, is not, in my opinion, adequately discussed or explored, there is actually also an increased rate of death, death through medicalization itself. Drugs have an impact on the physiology and drugs lead to other conditions. So you have 
drugs that are given to deal with the side effects of the drugs that were originally given. And so it spirals. And so it becomes, we become afraid, really afraid to say, no, I don't think I want to take that route. Because the message has been, unless you take this message, which sustains a vast industry, you're going to be at increased risk of dying. The alternative is, is not discussed. And it's very interesting. That, you know, the same is true for the condition that we're in at the moment. <clears throat> this is the fear that has been induced. I don't know that ever in human history has it been so successfully induced in people, in so many people, simultaneously, all around the planet. <clears throat> but the interesting thing is that, the, you know, that message is go inside. So when I had high blood pressure, the message for me was go deeper. Go deeper. Take the time. That's really cool. And, um, you know, as I was hearing you talk, I got curious about something because I know that maybe the listeners here and I've known quite a few mums to be going through it. What's your take on breast cancer? Well, the simplest, the simple response is that breast cancer is about mothering. And about one's relationship to self in mothering. And one's relationship to others and to oneself in mothering. So, <clears throat> first of all, and this is a generalization, so, you know, here's the health warning, as it were. Um, when, when we use a generalization, um, the health warning is that may not apply to the individual, but it will apply in a certain way. So I, I really, it's very important. I'm not interested in blanket, in, in the blanket association, but it's important to recognize that for those who get cancer, there tends to be an inner mental state that thinks very much in terms of either or, right and wrong, you know, of, of black and white. And for the most part, it is internalized. It's not expressed particularly, except sometimes with very few. So in breast cancer, the question of mothering, whether one has children or not, you don't, it will, will be associated with an inner environment of, of who that person is to themselves in relation to their own mother, to their own relationships, their relationships with other women, and of course in relation to children. It's a deep exploration if, if and when someone wants to go through it, because not everybody does, if that helps. Because, you know, what I see, <clears throat> so when I, if, if, if we work from the first statement, disease is health, or disease is a manifestation of health. So how on earth can I say that breast cancer is healthy, for goodness sake, insane individual? What I've discovered in the journeys that I've accompanied of those who've had, who who have had it or who have it, is that 
there are there are invariably what we might call toxic, and again, this is a relative term, thought processes that give rise to emotion inner emotional states that for the most part we don't don't express, so they are suppressed. So that emotional mental state that has necessarily biochemical and physiological consequences every moment of every single day creates a toxic environment and the cells the cells are trying to deal with the toxicity and it gets to a point where they can't deal with it they can't the body and the can't process it enough because it's not changing and so they end up sequestering that and they transform we know the genetics of the cell starts to express itself differently and it starts to express itself there in that tissue. Well, you know, there's a trillions of cells all over the body. Why that tissue? And what is that tissue about? The tissue is about feeding, about being a woman, about being a mother. And the amazing thing is that, so that's how, that's how I'm referring to it as a healthy process because it's a alerting one. Now then there's a journey. What do I do with that? <clears throat> and yes, I am saying that for some, that awakening, that awakening is a transformational process that leads to radical change in their lives. Cells change. Healings happen. For others, and I've seen both, it is an awakening to the fact they, don't, they really don't want to be here. And death can come very, very quickly. <clears throat> and where I say, that, you know, disease is health, death is not a failure. And that's a challenging thing to say, but it is not a failure. It's another transition. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, it really, really does. And um, as I was hearing you talk, I was reminded of a story I heard a colleague of mine, Dr. Bill Pettit, who is a psychiatrist, um, was working with a particular patient who'd become addicted to Vicodin. And he was going through a protocol of deintoxification. De 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 um, they had a protocol of what they needed to do and how they needed to do it. And so, you know, he was quite used to kind of going, okay, well, this is what you need to do. But before he did, he gave him a book um, and the man read the book and came back and he was a different man. He didn't actually need to go onto the detox program. He was healed. His whole physiology had changed inside of his body because he had this <clears throat> insight. Mm -hmm. And it had just totally upgraded his system. And that was that. And I know the power of insight. And I know the power that it has to not only change the way that we ex see the world, and then how the world responds to us in a different way. But also what it can do for our bodies and what it can do for, yeah, what it can do for our bodies, which is ultimately the most amazing thing, really, that it just updates the entire thing. Yeah, it does. It's a good way of putting it. It's an instantaneous system upgrade. Yeah, it is. But what we forget, or rather, I used the term at the beginning, um, it should come with a health warning because the system upgrade does not mean that it's going to be nice. Upgrade, you know, when, when one's perceptions and, and meanings change, 
when insight take, happens in that way, it can be radical. The impact that it has on one's life. I mean, as you know, and it is not always comfortable. What is interesting is the moment of insight is usually, it's unmistakable, actually. The consequences and implications of the insight may be uncomfortable, but the moment of insight itself has a unique taste to it. It does. I know it well. I actually get a physiological experience. So I get goosebumps all over my body and I can actually feel it come on. It's quite, it's quite, it's quite incredible. That I actually, it, it comes from the bottom to the top and I, I feel like I'm literally being upgraded. Often too, when there's real insight, because there is a sense <clears throat> of leveling or balancing through the insight, there can be inspired tears or an inspired state, the heart opens. Um, it's not always the case because sometimes the insight is in the, in the midst of extreme pain or confusion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, and so what I'm about to say, it, it, it's a bit crude, okay? But she asked me, where have you been? And I said, I've been up my asshole. But I said, look, there's beauty in it. <laughs> there's beauty in the asshole it really is well without one <laughs> we'd be a bit stuck wouldn't we <laughs> quite literally and I mean that's another great actually a great point <laughs> <laughs> that's another great portal of entry <laughs> well, we think of what we think of what it does and what comes out of it as being dirty and negative in a sense in most mindsets it isn't yet you know yet without it we would be really seriously stuck yeah what comes out of it is what we have put in it and what the body has tried to do to make sense of it and to look after us and it's doing that 24 hours a day and I think it's that's it's a great actually you've just opened up. I mean, yes, it's crude, but actually it's a great analogy because in fact it's the fact that we can go and we can poo every day, if we can, is something to celebrate. And when you can't, my goodness me, do we know that that is an awful state and how much suffering is around it? But actually, we don't even understand what has given rise to being able to do that, and what is acting upon it all the time. You know, this amazing tube with all its billion, trillions of bacteria that are in it that are trying to coexist with us to help us have a life. And then we pour stuff into it that's toxic. And the body's trying to adjust all the time to that whole thing with its nervous system that is looking after it and making it squeeze all the time and enabling you to, be, you know, to digest. And still we keep pouring in rubbish stuff. And then we complain if there's a problem and we don't have a relationship that goes, oh, my God. This is amazing. This is happening every single day. This is completely amazing. I take it totally for granted. And then, as if that isn't enough, you go all the way back to the beginning. What is the journey that leads from the feeding that is 
at the mother's breast to being independent and putting stuff in through the mouth in order to go and poop and all that surrounds that, which creates traumas that start in childhood. And you get to see, you asked about breast cancer. You get, you get, you get the journey. Now, to hold that <clears throat> as a state of consciousness, when one is in, in, with a human being who may come with a breast cancer or who may come with a colon cancer or with constipation or with irritable bowel syndrome or with heart disease or high blood pressure, that's a challenge. But it holds the state of the whole individual, as you know. And as I know. I've got an enormous amount of respect for the body. And incredibly enough, you know, I didn't used to. I was so disconnected from it for so many years. Um, to the point where I was starving myself just to not be in it. But you know something? I actually had an epiphany around this, Kim. I don't think I ever told you. Tell me. I realized that my anorexia was keeping me alive. Yes. I didn't, I hadn't realized that until probably about three months ago when I had the epiphany. It was wisdom in action. And when I work with clients now, you know, I have all sorts of things going on, but they might be picking their skin or they might be, um, there might be physical things that are going on. And I now see it really differently because what I see is, is that there was, that's a strategy that they created a strategy in the moment that actually made sense to them in order for them to either not feel something um, or to feel something. But usually it's a disassociation from a feeling they don't want to have. And when I sort of pondered and reflected on that, there was a sense that the anorexia was very much that because it stopped me from thinking about killing myself because I was starting to actually focus on what I wouldn't eat. It's beautiful. Yeah. You know, come back all the way to the beginning. Disease is a manifestation of health. Dis-ease. You were not uncomfortable. You were uncomfortable. You were deeply, deeply, deeply uncomfortable because there was this line about who you ought to be and there's this being who was saying, this is who I am. And that dichotomy, that dialogue between what one might call the animal self and what one might call one's soul, one's essence, is, is well, it's in every single human being as far as I'm concerned. <clears throat> and that that is the most amazing thing because when one starts to work that way you realize that every single human being is unique and every symptom has meaning that is feedback that is unique to that individual this is not some kind of huge foofy doof thing this is biological biophysical biomolecular science Mm. You know, in that, just, just even in that conversation that we had in the middle of the night, Sunday to Monday, you know, it's the moment of recognition that this is physics. This is the law of action and reaction that is taking place all the time, 24 hours a day, every nanosecond of every moment of existence. 
if we live in linear time and it operates according to law. Now, at, a, at one level, at the animal level, it lives in the law of polarity, action and reaction. The incredible thing about the feedback is the feedback gives you the opportunity to connect with something that is then transcendent and you get your upgrade. So like with your anorexia, you had it then. But now, 30-something years later, you get the moment of insight and recognition that that was keeping me alive. Oh, my God. But it happened at that moment that you get the insight because it's exactly what you needed at that moment. So you could see that your whole life had purpose right the way from the very beginning, as we just said. Yeah, I remember when I was going through my divorce with Mark and um, I had an insight about our relationship after the fact. And I remember going, bloody hell, insight. Why did you have to come now? Why couldn't I have seen that before? And um, I got a really like, you know, my, my, my ego was just having a ball with it and was just like, oh, why didn't you? And then I realized, no, that's it. That's exactly it. Insight can only happen when it's ready. It can't happen any other time. It's just done. And that moment is perfect. It can't, can't force insight to show up. It happens when it happens. And I don't know how and why or even if that's relevant or even helpful, but ultimately it happens when it happens. And um, it's perfect timing. It, it has to be because it's not of this, of this world. That's a big statement. How do you mean? Which? It's not of this world. Not the material world anyway. When I was pregnant with Leo, I had an insight about who and what he is and who and what we are and how we are the very same energy as the trees, the sun, the moon, the stars, all of it. Mm -hmm. We're not separate from any of it. I'm not separate from my dog. I'm not separate from a cat. I'm not separate from, you know, yeah, it just, it just, I'd never seen it that way. I I, I just, I'd accepted this, we are one thing, but I'd never seen it that clearly. Where that energy comes from, I do not know. What created that energy, I do not know. The system upgrade that I see as an insight is that same energy mm-hmm. that then becomes manifest through us. So everything you see, everything in your house, everything that is around you is from that same energy. It was once non-existent. Somebody had an idea. It was brought into creation. Yes. Mm-mm. And I guess disease is the same thing. Absolutely. 
And what we see as disease is only because we give, we give it meaning in a particular way. We define the parameters. If we define the parameters of the blood pressure of over 140 over 80 is abnormal and it should be treated because somebody created a system and, and paradigm of meanings of a particular kind, which when followed in a certain way means X numbers of people died, we created a disease through the meaning given to it. Which is not to say that it's wrong. Now, what, would inter- what is interesting to me, if, if we stay within that paradigm for the moment, I wonder how it would have been if somebody had been able to sit with you in your anorexia at that time and said to you, wow, Marina, this is an amazing way of staying alive. It's a really interesting question because actually at the time, you may not have been open already for it, but at the same time, you may have been. I don't know. But what's important is that now having seen that, now with the work that you do, this is going to be an insight that is going to touch the lives of of many, many people and many young people. So when I talk about disease as a manifestation of health, I actually want to... um, I want to take this also out with the physical realm alone. Because we think of it, yes, I'm a physician. And yes, I've had a 40-year career in medicine, you know, in one form or another. Mm-hmm. And, and I work with people with all kinds of different conditions. But it's real where I am increasingly interested and committed is, bef- is before it becomes physical. So we take the word disease, which is dis-ease. The more we get to understand that all symptoms are feedback that is coming from that which you just described, the one, the energy that is all things within this physical form, seeking to awaken your insight, the meaning of your life, the more we get to listen to those moments of dis-ease, like anxiety, like tension, and ask the question, so what is this about? The more attentive we become, the less wisdom needs to make a physical change. Well, it makes sense. You know, what comes to mind is that when I don't listen to my son, um, when I to what he needs he communicates that with me and it gets louder and louder and louder and louder and louder now if I'm present he doesn't need to act out he doesn't need to get my attention he just has it anyway and there are moments when he needs to learn that he can't have your attention because it is actually necessarily employed somewhere else but I, I, you know, I, the depth 
and the beauty of it. The moment that those words happened in me sitting on a rooftop in Dharamsala in India in 1990, disease is a manifestation of health. Every single thing in my life shifted. The questions that had, I mean, you know, from the very first moment that I decided to change direction and to go into medicine, that question, why? Why does this happen? Why is it this way? Why is it set up this way? And if I could have had God come over and sit down to dinner and I would have said to him, why did you do it this way? It all made sense. All the patients that I'd you know, brought in through emergency rooms in hospitals and in, in all of those days in acute medicine, everything. And that was in, in that realm, but the most incredible thing, and that is what I wrote about in the paper, Diseases of Meaning, is it, is, it applies at, in every area of life. It applies in education. It applies in, in our environmental crisis. Our envir environmental crisis is a disease of meaning. This whole COVID shenanigan is a disease of meaning. In what way? I'm curious about that. Tell me more. Well, it's, a, it's I mean, look at our response to this. The facts, we don't know what the facts are. What we do know is that there is an absolute confusion of information at every level. There is, there, is, there is no unified political response. There is no unified medical response. We know that there is misinformation and misinformation. There is unbelievable habit being played with people's lives that creates fear, that decimates the immune system. We can take it another way around. We know there's massive consequences for the planet that has happened in these three months where everything has been shut out. Incredible, incredible responses of the planet, of waterways, of natural environments, of animals in those environments. Then we start to look at human behavior. And there's incredible separation of those who are consumed by fear. And every single winter we deal with flu and different levels of flu and all kinds of other stuff in a perfectly normal way without having to parade ourselves with masks and be two minutes apart. And don't get me wrong. You know, we are, we are all involved in a system that is trying to respond to that. But the other thing, too, is that it has said go in. Self-isolate, okay, fine. I'm incredibly grateful for these three and a half months I've had. It's not been easy to have such a constrained existence. But at the same time, and it hasn't all been lots of space you know, and relaxed time. Not for me, anyway. But there has been an opportunity to reflect and go deeper, much, much deeper. So this, and the consequences of it? Well, humanity either has to learn to live in a different way or it's toast. And that thing that you spoke about, the one that is in all life forms, doesn't care. It's got its own mission, vision, and purpose. It's got its own agenda. And if this species messes up, it's okay. There'll be another one. We forget that. We are it. And, and we are it. We are made of it. We are of it. But I think where the fundamental error happens is when we think we can dictate to it. And this is 
you know, this is deep. This is really deep because in this whole law of attraction era where we want, you know, where what is put out is you can have whatever you want. There is a fundamental understanding that is required about that relationship, that relationship of manifestation and creativity with that which has given rise to us. And that's fundamental, and that's what diseases of meaning is about. And that's why I can say with absolute certainty that whichever area of life we want to look at, it is a dis-ease of meaning. Humanity is amazing. I have, I have, I'm an optimist. I have real faith in the essence of what humanity can be. I think we're going to go through some really tough times on that journey. But it's a weeding out. It's a weeding out. And it's a weeding out that's absolutely necessary. It brings me back to this thing of death is, death is not a failure. You know, we get an upgrade. We get recycled. Life doesn't end. You know what I love about throwaway comments? <laughs> wow. I've, you, just had, you just put one out there and I just went, what? <laughs> Disease of meaning. You finally got it. Yeah, I just saw it. <laughs> and I know that because I can feel it now. That's an open-hearted moment. Well, it only took 10 years, darling. I think it's an amazing thing, Marina. So let me just tell you just briefly a story before we... When I was a junior doctor, when I was an SHO in Oxford, um, on the chess ward, working with an amazing man who I don't think is any longer with us, who was my boss at the time, Dr. Lane, um, Donald Lane, who gave me really one of the biggest breaks of my, of my career. But on that job, on the chest unit at the Churchill, a lot of people died. Lung cancer, you know, chronic bronchitis, emphysema, a lot. And I worked out that winter that there was about on average, and we were linked into the to the, the renal unit and, and the infectious diseases unit. So as a junior doctor that was there and that was on call, we got to have to certify all the people who died. And I worked out that during that job, you know, there was probably around, I had to deal with probably around about a death a day. So a lot of death. And I had gone into that job kind of quite, Although very interested in spirituality and metaphysics, you know, death was probably the end as far as I was concerned because I didn't have any incontrovertible evidence any other way. When I came out of that job, I had no doubt, no doubt whatsoever that death is not the end. And in the 35 years since then, that's only deepened and the experience has widened. And I get to see more and more deeply how we live we live in a matrix that is, ex- we live in a mat- an energetic matrix that is expressed through this organism that we have experience and interpretations through neural patterns that give rise to a unique network of meanings in each and every individual so that it goes from the individual level all the way through to the collective. And that is paradoxically incredibly hopeful. Because disease is health. So therefore, we yes. can shift the disease for it to be health, which is really comes back to the... Yeah. Um, and, and what I've really heard today, Kim, is that we all live in disease of meaning. 
Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a game changer right there. So I don't know what's going to happen to my life after having had this conversation, but I hope that everybody that's been listening in today, that was just such a throwaway comment. And yet... (laughs) In my whole life. You know, when you're you're a fish in the water, you don't know about the water. This This has been decades of inquiry of of ceaseless inquiry on the journey to understand life but also to be able to serve so the very fact that we all live in a disease of meaning because we can't but not live in there in in that we just like with a disease in the body we can see through it and it can become health it is health. That's the key distinction. That is the moment of transformation. That is the, that is the moment of transformation. The moment of transformation, which actually, interestingly, is both transformational and transmutational because molecules change with frequency, is the moment that you realize that you are, whatever is going on, it is healthy. It doesn't mean you have to, it means you need to be able to stay in it and to see it and to understand it. It doesn't mean to say you don't do anything about it. And yes, it, it, you know, listen, ultimately, what do I want? When I leave this planet, I want the science of meaning, it's what I call it, to be taught to five-year-olds in schools all over the world. Imagine if we knew this then. Imagine if we grew up understanding, really understanding this. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, Ken, how can they do that? Well, um, we have a, a, a website which is in, in transformation at the moment, which is functional shift, functional shift, all one word, dot com. Because what we're talking about, as you, as you have experienced, that moment of insight, of understanding, leads to a functional shift. It is not possible for yourselves to function the same way again. So functionalshift.com is, is us. Um, admin at functional shift is the email address and the, you, you'll find me. We're there on, on Google. The phone number, if people want a phone number is, um, 01432 for the UK and 818090. Well, thank you, Kim. It's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on. And for everybody that's been listening in, I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did and that you got as much of it as I did until the next time. Bye-bye for now. And there we have it, another beautiful episode of The Joy of Being. Now, if you got something from this and you know somebody that could really, really do with a boost of positivity and joy, then please do share the episode with them. It's amazing the ripple effect that these episodes can have on others. Failing that, if you'd like to join a different conversation around what's going on in in these uncertain times, then please do join the Facebook group, The Breathing Space for Hardworking Mummers. You can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash the breathing space for mums in business. 